Friend, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? If so, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make and start a podcast so easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn some money. It's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. And then you can distribute it wherever podcasts are heard. Even video podcasts are available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. But best of all, it's totally free and there's no catch. Ever since we've been using Spotify for Podcasters at A Wife Like Me, we've been able to triple our reach, reaching wives across the globe. And it's so simple. Again, we do this right from our computer. And again, you can do it from your phone. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or just go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters. Again, www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. You start thinking about how a woman who loves Jesus, she's wondering, okay, why do I still have these struggles? And in many cases, you can trace it back to like, oh, insecurity. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for an all new episode of the A Wife Like Me podcast. We're so excited for today's special episode. My name is Amanda Davison. I'm the founder here at A Wife Like Me, and we are all about building your faith and your marriage. And today we have a special guest with us. I met Donna Jones at a recent conference in Minnesota, and I knew once she spoke, I just, I knew that you were going to love what she had to share. And we all need this because it's, it's difficult to uh, walk out our faith in a way that really matters. And so this is going to be such a good conversation. Donna Jones, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be with you. Yes. And we're going to dive into confidence killers. We're going to be talking about the Goliaths, the Iliabs, and the Sauls that can kill our confidence as women in our faith and in our daily walk um, following Jesus. But before we talk about that, would you just introduce yourself? Let us know kind of who you are for those of us here who are new to meeting you. Sure, I would love to. So Donna Jones, um, I live in Southern California, so quite a ways from Minnesota, but I loved being there. Uh, I am an author, a speaker, and a podcaster. And I have a podcast called That's Just What I Needed and uh, have a few books. I'm a, a wife and a mom of three young adult kids. Awesome. It's so funny. We were talking about the weather difference. And when you listen to this, wherever you are living, I know we have listeners all around the globe, but uh, in Minnesota, we're supposed to get a snowstorm here. We're supposed to be getting like six inches of snow. And I saw Donna had her fireplace on. If you're watching on YouTube, you might just see that behind her. Um, and so I figured, hey, like it must be pretty cold there, but she said it's about 60. And uh, we both started laughing because she knew <laughs> it's cold for them. You know? it's, raining, it's raining really hard here. So if, if it rains, <laughs> that, counts, that counts as cold. 
It does count. It totally counts. It totally counts. I would have my therapist on too. Um, But yes, this is going to be such a good conversation. I guess before we get into like what the confidence killers are and can be in our lives as women, why does this even matter? Like when, when, when you were preparing for this message to share that you shared with women up in Minnesota, like What's the, what, what gives, like, why does it matter that we even dive into this topic? Yeah. What a great question. Well, there's a, there's a numerous uh, reasons actually. And one of them is that insecurity is killing us and it's preventing us from walking in freedom, walking in love, walking in obedience, walking in faith, um, walking in confidence. And, you know, I mean, I don't even have to convince your listeners that insecurity is a thing because we all deal with insecurity. And I feel like uh, insecurity has been something that's plagued women since the beginning of time, but now more than ever. And sometimes it's personal insecurity. Sometimes it's insecurity just about what's happening in the world or what's happening with our families or relationally, or, you know, it can manifest itself in any number of ways. But So to overcome insecurity, we have to think, okay, well, what's killing my confidence? Mm -hmm. And Amanda, um, I didn't mention this at the conference, but I wrote a Bible study several years ago on confidence. And um, as I was writing this Bible study and really contemplating this area of, of overcoming insecurity and walking in confidence, I started exploring the ways that a lack of confidence manifests itself in women. And Amanda, mm. I came up with 40 different ways. Mm. And it was everything from if you're insecure, well, then you, you then by default, you struggle with jealousy. If you're insecure, then you might, um, you, you might be too clingy in your relationships. Or conversely, you might keep people at arm's length. You know, uh, gossip is a manifestation of insecurity. Control is a manifestation of insecurity. Feeling like I don't deserve to have healthy relationships. That's a manifestation of insecurity. Not stepping out in obedience and doing what God has called you to do. That's a manifestation of insecurity. Parenting, um, being too lenient with your kids. That's a manifestation of insecurity. Being too strict with your kids. That's a manifestation of insecurity. Trying to people please. That's a manifestation of insecurity. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. So you start thinking about how a woman who loves Jesus wants to walk with Jesus, but she's wondering, okay, why do I still have these struggles in some real areas of my life? In many cases, you can trace it back to like, oh, oh, the root of that is actually insecurity. Or mm-hmm. let me, I know your, your audience's wives, um, you know, sometimes when we, um, we don't trust our husbands, the root of that can be insecurity because of, of you know, maybe our past background, what's happened to us. So it, this, this stuff, it bleeds over into literally every area of your life, which is why it's so yes. important to identify it and, and deal with it. Yeah. What is that Bible study? Which one is that? We're going to link that. All of Donna's. Yeah. It, and it's the really cool thing is it's um, it's free on my website right now. 
And okay. so if you can find it at DonnaJones.org, it's a Bible study I, I wrote actually for my church. I'm a pastor's wife and um, Bible teacher, and I wrote it for my church. But the interesting thing, Amanda, is churches all over the country have found it somehow <laughs> and have done it. And it's a five-week Bible study. Um, anyway, DonnaJones.org, you go to Bible studies, and it's called Get Healthy. And it's Get Healthy Confidence. Awesome. Thank you for that. That's awesome. I know our uh, viewers, listeners are going to go over and, and grab that. That's so great. And it is so true. I'm thinking of like a lot of the topics of conversation we do dive into here at A Wife Like Me has to do with like our inner healing, like the healing these wounds, understanding how what we're believing today has to do with things from our past, shame, words spoken over us, you, you know, experiences, you name it. And yet I do what I loved about what we're going to dive into today is that you specifically call out in scripture, from scripture, how we can identify different things that specifically are killing our confidence. And so this is going to be so good. So if you are listening or watching, grab a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper because you're going to want to take some notes. Or if you're driving, listen to this later. Um, that's how important this is. And, and we want you to remember these things because they're going to come up. And so mm -hmm. then we want to her back and be able to grow through that, that process. So why don't we get started? There's three confidence killers that you shared, um, and I'm sure there are more, but you talked about the Goliaths, the Iliabs, and the Sauls. You want to start with Goliaths, how they kill our confidence? Yeah. Well, this all happened, uh, or the how I came up with these three confidence killers is because I was doing the study in, in 1 Samuel 17, which is the famous story of David and Goliath, which everyone knows, right? And so we tend to think, oh, David's victory was won in the battle. Uh, his victory was won when he stepped into the Valley of Elah and faced Goliath. But actually, his victory was won before that. And what ended up happening was he faced these three confidence killers that could have stopped him at any point, but he overcame each. And it's those same three that each of us face. And so if we can kind of identify those when it's happening to us, name it and know what to do with it, then that can give us victory like it did David. So the first one is Goliath. And a Goliath is anything or anyone that intimidates you into inaction. So, you know, Goliath, as we know from the story, was nine feet tall. <laughs> he was, he looked super intimidating. His words were super intimidating. And here's the thing about a Goliath. A Goliath tries to get you to stop even before you've started. That's the goal of a Goliath. So um, anything or anyone that intimidates you and makes you feel like, ah, oh, I can't, I'm like, who am I? I, you know, I, I just don't have what it takes or they're better than this than me. And I see this all the time, Amanda, because as I mentioned, I'm a pastor's wife. So, you know, I work with, I work with women up close and personal. And so I will often hear women say, well, they won't even say it. They'll kind of whisper it. Well, maybe I could be used by the Lord in such and such way. And but then they're almost their second thought is, oh, yeah, but it's something along the lines of maybe I don't have what it takes. 
You know, maybe mm. I don't know enough. Well, maybe there's somebody else that could be better at this than me. Um, maybe I should, maybe I should wait until I have my act together <laughs> before I do that. You know, there's, there's a 10 zillion reasons, but all that really is when you start second guessing something that you feel like God has asked you to do, it's really just a Goliath intimidating you mm. into an action, getting you to stop even before you started. And mm. if, if, if a Goliath can stop us at that point, well, the battle's lost. I mean, we're done. We, we didn't step out in faith and we didn't do what God called us to say or call us to do. Yeah. And, um, and this can even happen, Amanda, in conversations. Let's mm. just suppose that, let's suppose that one of your listeners knows she needs to have this conversation, like a difficult conversation but it's a holy conversation that is actually going to end up with more healing down the road if she has this conversation. Yeah. Okay. So she knows the Holy Spirit's like, this is not going away until you, you face this. Okay. So a Goliath is going to say, oh, but what if it goes wrong? What if you're misunderstood? What if you don't know the right thing to say? What if, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? That's intimidating you into an action so that you don't get victory in this area and freedom in this area that God wants you to have freedom and victory in. Because that's the whole, you know, the story of of David and Goliath, the the Israelites, they were paralyzed in fear. So they were living in bondage. And how many of us are just in some area of our life, we're paralyzed in some way in fear. And and we're just stuck. And we're like, why am I stuck? Why can't I get out of this? And it's because sometimes we're listening to the voices of Goliath, either external voices or internal voices of Goliath. That's what I was just going to ask and say is that I'm assuming, and I remember thinking this as you were talking to at the conference, I we can be our own Goliath. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think for many of us listening or watching, we can think, oh yeah, who are those people? Or I know exactly who that Goliath is in my life, that family member, that friend, that one person. But I think for me, you know, I'm my own worst Goliath. Yep. I, I, you know, and uh, we say here, we've said many times, you know, the enemy won't get you if you're already getting yourself. He doesn't have to mess with you if you're already doing the work for him. You know? (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. We have to understand that, you know, these these confidence killers, if we're not going to, again, name them, recognize them, and then learn like what to do with them, mm-hmm. we're going to remain in this place of inaction, of being immobile, being paralyzed by that fear. And many times this Goliath is, again, internal, like you said, it, it's us. We're the Goliath. Yes. So that's so good. Yeah. So then, one of the things I, 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 uh, I, to your point, that is so good, Amanda, is that the thing about a, a Goliath is that a Goliath doesn't go away unless you face the Goliath. So in that story, in 1 Samuel 17, we see that Goliath actually came out and taunted the armies of Israel, the armies of God. So these were God's people. And I'm assuming yes. I'm talking to God's women, you know, as we're, as we're having this conversation. These are God's people. He taunted them every morning and every night for 40 days, yep. which tells me that a Goliath doesn't go away. 
unless you fight it. So those things that are intimidating us right now and keeping us stuck right now, unless we face them and fight them, we are never, it's, it, we will be facing those same battles five years from now. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, do I still want to be facing that same battle five years, or even a year from now? Good grief. Right. Just face it. <laughs> right. Right. Know, name right. It and, and step out and, and say, no, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to keep intimidating me into inaction. Yes. And that's what I was going to ask for the women, you know, listening and watching how, okay, how do I face it and fight it? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I name it. I recognize it. The fighting, I think I know what you're going to say, but what does that look like for, for you? What do you want them? How can we like tangibly practically fight then? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can look at David and he, he, he was so interesting because he really did keep his eyes on the Lord in such a pure way. And I, we say that, and that's just such, it's like so basic, you know, it's almost like a a throwaway line, but it isn't, it Mm -hmm. isn't because what ends up happening is we look, we look at our fears. We look at the what ifs. We look at the person right in front of us. We look at social media. We, we keep our eyes on everything, but like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about who I am in Christ? What is God telling me to do? And if God's telling me to do something, what through his revealed will in the Bible, then close case. I mean, you know, I just, I need to obey it because that's the bottom line. And so I think it just really comes down to knowing what God says, knowing who God is, knowing who we are in Christ. Um, and you know, like Ephesians six says, putting on the full armor of God, the whole armor of God. And so that we could stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And, and that's not, this is so funny. I actually just read that passage of scripture, the Ephesians six yesterday, because I was talking with my husband about, um, just a battle with somebody that he's kind of counseling in our, in our church. And I was talking about how, gosh, the devil just knows each one of our weak points. He knows our triggers, right? And so it's a, we need to know our triggers, first of all. Yes. And our weak points. And so I, I, I went to that passage of scripture and I read it. And in, in most versions, it says put on the full armor of God. But in the version I read yesterday, it said put on the whole armor of God. And for some reason, Amanda, that just struck me differently. It was like, wait a minute, I could have all these pieces on or I'm vulnerable. So yes. every piece of the armor. And um, so anyway, th- that's what I would say in terms yes. of fighting the spiritual battle. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I'm thinking when in that whole, like, okay, we were, if you've been, for those of you who've been listening to the of like me podcast, you know, we just talked about the Kelly Brinkman shared her yard or she shared a wall analogy. And then I shared what I was like, Oh my land. It's like, I'm stand. If when we stand in our own yard, not ours, but like of God's like, this is who he says I am. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stand right here. It's his yard. It's his grass. This is who I am. It's beautiful here. I know this to be true. 
and she, we were talking about, um, uh, different ways that we give into people pleasing and, and, uh, performance and, you know, perpetual sacrifice and service to the detriment of, because of our own insecurities, weaknesses, things like that. But I, when you say the whole armor, it makes me think of, you know, if that fence is protecting our yard, our identity, like this, nothing, no one can come in here and change what is already true about us. I feel like that whole armor, if we're not, if we don't stand in that full armor, Mm -hmm. that whole armor, we're literally, there's like a section of the fence that's missing. And then people like dogs can just come on in and poop and pee. Like it's like, no, 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 no. Like we're not going to allow that. Like, no, we're not going to open up that fence. We're not going to leave part of the fence unchained or just unfinished. And essentially I feel like that's what we oftentimes do without even knowing it. Like I'm, I'm walking around and I don't even know that I am not standing in, you know, with the, with the word of God as the sword. I'm not, I, I'm, I forgot, like, I forgot that his word is actually more powerful than any Goliath. I forgot, like I yeah. literally forgot, you know, um, yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so helpful. Yeah. So. And can I just say one other quick, one other quick thing in response to what you just said, cause that was, that's just so good. But I, I thinking like, in real time, how you can kind of know if maybe you're facing a Goliath, if you have one of two emotions, fear, fear is always a sign. So whenever you're like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen in the future, or I'm afraid of what's going on right now, that, that's some Goliath that is, that, that's coming upon you. And so that's, that's a trigger point. Um, the second one is inadequacy. Mm. And um, mm. when we feel inadequate in some way, you know, just know like, oh, wait a minute, let me back up for a second because there's probably some Goliath whose voice I'm listening to over the voice mm. of God. Yeah, that's good. That's helpful. That's so helpful. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, how about then the Iliabs? Yeah. So Mm. most people don't, yeah. Most people are like, who's that in the Bible? (laughs) Well, okay. We got, we got to know who this guy is because it's just so good. He's David's oldest brother. So, um, so David, you know, is tending sheep. His older, older brothers went down to the battle line and Iliab was his oldest brother. He should have been out there fighting Goliath, but he wasn't because he was afraid. He was intimidated. He listened to his Goliath. He listened to the Goliath. And mm-hmm. David comes down. His father sends him, go check on your brothers. David's like, okay, what's going on? Sees the scoop, you know, sees how, how um, Goliath is taunting the armies. And David starts asking questions like, what's this all about? And Iliab, his older brother, starts questioning David's motives. And he says, okay, who are you to come down here? I know what your motives are. And who did you leave those few sheep? So whereas a, a Goliath intimidates us into an action, an Iliab manipulates or shames us into an action. Mm. And they question our motives. They question our character. Um, they 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 make us feel guilty. Um, and so basically, and, and, and it's interesting that it was his brother 
Because oftentimes Iliams are people that are really close to us because they know how to guilt us and they know how to shame us. Yeah. And the, the really subtle thing about an Iliab for women who are people pleasers, and by the way, one of the signs of insecurity <laughs> is being a people pleaser, yeah. is that an Iliab wants you to be a people pleaser rather than a God pleaser. So they will often manipulate you and make you feel bad so that you do what they want you to do rather than what God wants you to do. And it's super, super subtle because, you know, as women, we're like, well, I want to make everybody happy. I mean, isn't that like sort of the Christian thing to do? And not necessarily, Um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily. So I think, yeah, I have like so so many thoughts going through my mind, but like you, what I was going to, right when you said it's so, it can be so subtle. That's really the thing. And I think that when we experience Iliabs, would you say that just like for the Goliath, the emotions we can kind of like stay attuned of to kind of like, Ooh, am I facing a Goliath? Would, you know, you said fear and inadequacy. Would you say for the Iliabs, it would be confusion? Oh, it could be, it could be, it could be confusion. It could be, well, guilt and shame for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, And uh, for sure, guilt and shame is um, defensiveness. If, If you feel defensiveness, because that's what Eliab was kind of going for when, um, w- when he said, wait, what do you, I, I know, I know what your motives are and who did you leave those few sheep? And so normally our response would be, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, my motives are really pure. Well, well, what do you mean few sheep? My, what I'm doing is really important. That's all, that all comes out of defensiveness. So that means we were kind of triggered by an Eliab. Yes. And how you say him. Oh, oh, that is so good. And I, because when that happens for, Mm -hmm. for myself, when that's happened, I think, or or the main like feeling, I think what I can experience is like, I'm, I'm frustrated and it makes me confused by like, why would you think that? Like, that's not true. I, I don't know where you're getting that. Like, I know that that's not what I said or how maybe like that's, that wasn't even what we, you know, like kind of like I'm confused by the response, the, you know, the result. And now I'm like, blah, you know, I feel so, it can feel so, um, like out of control. Like now that I'm misunderstood now that you're questioning me, mm, I, yes. it feels very, um, there's just like a tension there for myself when that has happened, you know? And so I don't know if that relates to anybody, but, or you, but, um, I think that could be for me, it's a, it's a, again, probably because of the defensiveness that it rises in me. Like, mm-hmm. wait a second. No, 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 no. Like, that's not true. That's not right. That's not. Nah. My- well don't think that that's not true. I didn't mean that. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. And again, then that fear of being misunderstood, that fear of like them not, wait, is that what you really think? Or I don't know. Like I'm, I thought I said this, I thought the Lord was saying that, I, but now I don't know. Like, oh, and then you, whatever. Oh, it, it yeah. causes 
And this is really for, for both that we've, we've talked about so far is like the, the, re- the reason why this matters is because when we experience this and we kind of take the bait, when we don't it, like acknowledge these, name them and then fight them, we mm-hmm. stay in this place of, of, like you said, bondage. Like mm-hmm. I'm now I'm just going to like stay in this place of bleh because it's not, it's not the result. It's not going how I wanted. And uh, now I'm going to be in bondage to this other person or their thoughts or the, the feelings that are coming along with it rather than living out John 10, 10, living out that abundant life that God said we can experience and that Jesus came for. Um, yep. we're, we're then going to be like strangled by these lies. Um, oh, yeah, anything, anything so else? Yeah. Um, I, I think that one of the things that I, I think is so interesting is that when David when David faced his brother and his brother questioned his motives, it's the scripture says they David then turned away and said to somebody else and you know began asking about the battle and you know and getting more information. And the key there is David turned away. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's the key is because with a Goliath, you have to face and fight your Goliaths or they keep coming back. With an Eliab, you have to ignore them and move on. Because if David had gotten embroiled with a battle with his brother over his motives and justifying himself, he would have missed the real battle that God was calling him to. And so I think that's what happens to us sometimes because relational angst Oh my gosh. Is there anything worse than relational angst? We hate it, right? In fact, I'm writing a book. I'm writing my next book that will come out in um, about in about a year on this whole topic. Of, but it it's crazy. And so we'll do anything to like make that go away. And, that, and, and there is, there is, don't get me wrong. There is a real validity to being um, a peacemaker and all that. Um, but we have to discern between someone who's trying to manipulate us by guilt and shame and somebody who has a legitimate concern that's coming to talk to us about something that maybe an area we legitimately do need to grow in. That's yes. Those are two different things and we need to be clear about that. So, yes. um, so let, me, let, me give you, let me give you a practical example of this. So oftentimes an Iliad becomes an Iliad, Eliab, I should say, I don't, I don't know. I need to look up in the Hebrew how you pronounce his name. It's either or. Uh, either or. So um, he became that way because he did not follow God's call on his life. Mm. So because he didn't follow God, he didn't want David to either. Because, mm. you know, David, if you follow God, you're going to make me feel badly because I didn't and I was supposed to. So oftentimes that's why they want to guilt and shame you because it actually will make them feel better about themselves. Mm. And the thing is, is that if we are not careful, if we are fudging on fully following Christ, then we can easily become other people's alliance and not know that we are. I know. I know. And yeah. so when somebody wants, you know, our husband, all of a sudden he wants to tithe. And we're like, no, 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 no. Are you sure? Like we can barely pay our bills. And it's like, well, have you not prayed for your husband to become the spiritual leader of your family? But all of a sudden 
that's an area of weakness for you. So you're not going to let him lead on, you know, that's Goliath and Eliab, or you can be a lot if you're trying to stop him from doing what he's really trying to do to lead your family. And this is just one example. Um, Or let me tell you what happened with my son. So when my son, I have three kids, my oldest is our son. And when he was in college, he wanted to spend a year with um, a, a missions organization that he was involved with in college it was, it's called crew. And, um, he was going to spend a year living in El Salvador. So he calls me to tell me that that's on his radar screen. He's thinking and praying about that. And I said to him, Oh, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think that would be an opportunity of a lifetime and I'm fully supportive. And he said, mom, Oh my goodness. I I'm shocked. I mean, I I thought you would get, we're going to give me all kinds of pushback and thank you so much. This is, this makes me feel so free. And I said, well, of course, I mean, if you're following God, you got to follow God. And then as the conversation unfolded, I said to him, you know, I, I, um, the funniest thing is that, uh, your sister was talking to me about Christmas and, you know, and I, and I, and you'll of course come home for Christmas, you know, when you're in El Salvador and he got really quiet. And then he said, oh, no, actually I won't. Like I'll be gone a full year and I can't leave at any time. Well, Amanda, I went from this full of faith, follow God to like mama bear mode. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) I mean, and it was ridiculous. And I was like, I I don't know. I mean, what is this organization? Why? Right. And I, I stepped back and I realized, Oh, oh, because see, now that got into like my Christmas and how I wanted things to go. And now my son's not going to be home for Christmas. Now it became about me, not about what God wanted for my son. Yeah. So I became an, an Eliab for my son. And I'm this gal who wants to follow Jesus. So it's really right. easy for us to become that person for other people. Right. When I care. And I would even think that um, a lot of the times people, I would hope, are just well-intended. Like they're not even perhaps even in a place where they truly have not been following God and now they just don't want you to fully follow him and experience that freedom. I think, I mean, I'm sure you'd agree, right? That like sometimes people just have no idea that what they just said was you know, to us interpreted as guilt or shame intended on their part or not. That is what happened. And, um, we though, the responsibility is on us. We have to know who we are, what God has asked of us. And we have to be in a place where it's, where we're again, actively discerning. Like you said, that's the key of yielding to Holy spirit and saying, will you help me show me like being so rooted and grounded in his word and eyes fixed on him that anything that does not align in that we're going to we're going to pick up on it that we know his voice his word so well that anything outside of that we're going to know oh that's that's actually that's manipulation i don't listen to that that's guilt i'm sorry i don't listen to that like that no i'm so tuned into jesus that i'm not i'm not taking that i'm not going to tune into that other channel sorry yeah. uh you know so oh that's so good Anything else on that note or should we move on to the Saul's? I think we can move on to the Saul's. 
So um, whereas a Goliath is anything or anyone that intimidates you into an action and an Eliab is any one or anything that guilts and shames you into an action, a Saul's, a Saul is any one or anything that reasons you into an action. So, you know, David dismissed his Goliath, he dismissed his um, um, Eliab, and then there was the Saul. And so David comes before Saul and he says, hey, I'll go out and fight uh, Goliath. And Saul says, uh, that sounds awesome, except for this couple hmm. little things here. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a youth and he's been a warrior since his youth. And I just don't think it's going to go well for you, you know. So um, the thing about the Saul was that he actually said things that were true because mm. David was a youth and Goliath had been a warrior since his youth. So it wasn't like Saul just pulled stuff out of the hat that wasn't rational, logical, true. So that's why a Saul will reason you into inaction or a lack of faith or insecurity. It all makes sense. The thing about a Saul, though, is that a Saul fails to factor God into the equation. Hmm. And so it's purely logic, purely reason. And then there's no, there's no faith component. There's no God yeah. component. So, um, and, and that can be really subtle because it, you know, we go, you know, if I had a dime for every person that I've said, is this, is, am I, is this God that wants me to do this? Or is it just me? You know, we're trying to discern. And oftentimes when we're trying to discern, we look at the logical, reasonable, reasonable um, issues, right? Which is not bad. It's just that if we're only looking at that, it's incomplete because mm-hmm. we have to also factor in God into the picture. And yeah. interestingly, how David did this was he looked back and he looked forward. So mm-hmm. he looked back and he said, okay, well, you're right. That's true. But hey, I've been keeping the sheep and I faced a lion and a bear and God rescued me in that, those situations. And he didn't just say, I faced them and I won. I faced them and I won because God rescued me. He, he took the tangible thing that happened in his life and he factored in God into it, how God helped him. And so that gave him confidence then to move forward in the future. Well, if God did that for me, then God's going to rescue me from the hand of this Philistine now. So, you know, that's, that was how, that's, was how he overcame his, his soul. And if you are listening or watching and you're like, well, I don't have that past with God. Like I just surrendered my life to Christ on Sunday and came across this video and I don't have a, you know, I don't feel like I can look back on my own journey and I don't have those examples. That's why we have the Bible. Like Mm -hmm. turn open. This is again in first Samuel chapter 17 and read through and, and read through the whole Bible. I mean, look for the ways God is faithful. He does keep his word. He shows up and he, what he says he is, he's going to do. And that is who, that is the God we serve. And so I just want to encourage you if you're like, I don't really know because I don't, I've never stepped out in faith before. And so I can't, I don't really know that God has shown up in ways for me uh, because I haven't stepped out. Well, sister, he, he will as you do. So, uh, and again, just look to scripture for that um, encouragement. That's so good. 
Can I say just one last thing? Is oh, that yeah. some sometimes um, we, you know, just because of our culture and just who we are as humans, we look and we define victory in a narrow way or success in a narrow way. So obviously David went out and he fought Goliath and he defeated Goliath. That's an obvious victory and obvious success. But sometimes our success, our victory will look a little different. It Mm -hmm. won't look like we've actually defeated the so-called foe, you know, and things didn't, they weren't all tied up in a nice bow. Sometimes our victory will simply just look like, God, I, I did what you asked me to do. Yes. Period. Period. Yes. And so, so let me just share this, this story. So I, I mentioned that I'm getting ready to, well, I'm in the process of writing, writing this new book and it's with Thomas Nelson, which is like a huge Christian publisher. So, but before I got this contract, I had another book proposal that went all the way to the very end of Thomas Nelson. And Amanda, I prayed over this. I had everybody, I worked my butt off on this proposal. I had everybody I know praying for me. I mean, I just had such pure motives. You know, I was, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, I feel like you're, you're, you're leading me to do this. And, and so then I, I, I get an email from Thomas Nelson. We want to talk to you. And it was a phone call scheduled at 9 a.m. And my family was all praying and I got this phone call and I, I picked up the phone and they said, thank you so much for your book proposal, but it's a no. And so we talked for a few more minutes and I went um, upstairs and talked to my family. My daughter was standing there and she goes, mom, what did they say? And I said, it was a no. And she got really quiet and she looked at me and she goes, mom, I know that's really hard. And I'm really sorry. She goes, but mom, I just want you to know God is really proud of you. And I'm really proud of you too. Hmm. And Amanda, those words, God is really proud of you. And I'm really proud of you too. They were so healing to me. Hmm. And sometimes I feel like there's women that need to hear you tried to save your marriage. You yeah. did everything. You prayed. You, I mean, you did it all. And he left anyway. Yeah. And you need to hear, God is really proud of you. And you know what? I'm proud of you too. Yeah. There are women who have fought over their prodigal child. And they. it's like, I took them to Sunday school. I took them to church. I prayed over that child. I, and they've walked away from the Lord. And they need to hear, you know what? God is really proud of you. And we're really proud of you too. There are women who have stepped out in faith in a zillion different ways, and it did not go like they had hoped. But the point is not that, you know, it's tied up in an all little, perfect little bow. The point is that God is really proud of your obedience. And we as your sisters in Christ, we're really proud of you too. That's so good. And that is, I love that you said that because that's the fruit. That is the victory. That's the freedom. That's the life of abundance that, again, it's not going to look like it did for David, potentially. It's going to, it's going to be that of like, he, 
like we obeyed and we know he is proud of that period, regardless of what happens, what, what, you know, how they respond, what the decision is, um, what we see or not doesn't matter. Like that's what we want. And that's a wife like me. If you've been around for a while, you know that that's, that's our focus. We can only do what we can do. And Mm -hmm. our response is going to be to turn to Christ, to follow him and to live in obedience. And, um, I just love it. I, you know, again, our hope, our prayer for everyone watching, listening is that these confidence killers in our lives, that we would be quick to discern them, quick to name them, quick to willingly fight against them, knowing that what God has asked of us is from him and that we as his daughters are going to obey. We're going to listen. We're going to follow. That's the only option that we have. And um, man, that's that's the prayer for for you and for us, for all of us, that we, that we will be women who walk that out. And that's just part of our everyday because then we can experience that freedom, that joy, that life of abundance, um, that we won't be held in bondage by all of these insecurities, these fears, these doubts, these questions that really can so easily plague us. So, man, that's good. So, so good. Thank you so much, Donna. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. It's my prayer that as women walk in confidence in Christ, um, that they will walk in freedom. And as a result, when David walked in confidence, the people around him then walked in freedom. And so when we get free and walk with Christ, other people do too. And that's my prayer. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, what an awesome conversation, Donna Jones. She's linked in the show notes. Um, Her resources are linked in the show notes. Um, Why don't you tell for those listening your website again? Yeah, it's DonnaJones.org. And then you can connect with me on Instagram at Donna A. Jones or on Facebook. I'm at Donna Jones, speaker and author. Awesome. Everyone, we love you. Thank you for spending time with us. Cannot wait for our next episode. And um, we love you. Head to wifelikeme.com for our free marriage resources and our blog, our book, everything else is there. So we love you and we will see you back next week. Bye, everyone.